0: If I can get a native New Yorker to say, I had no idea about that, about my city, that's a really good day.
1: Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Hello everyone, and welcome to season five of the Gossip Nista podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Monks, and I couldn't be happier to be back to share more New Yorker stories and tips on navigating this big apple. What you can expect this season is all kinds of twists and turns with guests in New York related topics, but of course, never a dull moment. Now, remember to follow me on Instagram at Gossip Nisa Podcast if you don't already to get fun behind the scenes videos of the city, its neighborhoods, and much, much more. Today's guest is Tommy Silk, creator of a popular Instagram account called Landmarks of New York. It's no coincidence that Tommy comes from a long line of historians in his family, but it is a coincidence how he started the Landmarks of New York account with serendipitous walks throughout the city. And in our interview today, Tommy shares his journey and love for New York, how different moving from Manhattan to Brooklyn is, his only in New York moments with, get this, a raccoon in Central Park that can be spotted eating anything from an everything bagel to Chinese food classic right classic New York more on this and of course landmarks of New York how he started the account the most overrated and underrated landmarks in the city and I even put Tommy to the test asking him some landmark related questions catching him off guard you have to tune in all the way to the end to listen to that so without further ado here is my interview and conversation with Tommy Silk creator of landmarks of NY Hey, Tommy. Welcome to the Gotham Vista podcast. I am so happy to have you on today. I think you are my season opener for season five. So welcome to the podcast.
0: I I am flattered. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I I can't imagine anyone else than yourself and landmarks of New York to kind of open the season with. And so where I like to start, where I always want to talk to my guests about is their New York story. Mm -hmm. And Wanting to know, are you originally a New Yorker? Are you born and raised here? Or are you coming from somewhere else, Tommy?
0: Uh, like most people, I'm coming from somewhere else. So I grew up okay. in a town called Fairfield, Connecticut, which is like, say, 50 miles northeast of here. And uh, I like to consider it in the New York sphere of influence, mostly because people from the other parts of Connecticut, New England, thought you were part of New York, but people from New York thought you were from New England. So you're on this mm-hmm. weird sort of borderline where those two cultures are clashing and uh, we were kind of on like the front line of Yankees, Red Sox. So that's like the territory that I'm in. So I was firmly on the New York side of things there, but uh, yeah, grew up uh, not too far, but still not at all. Enough away that it was a little something different.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, officially New Yorkers won't say that's, and you know, New York. Uh no, but it's only 15 miles away. I would and, not expect I mean, it's, it's one of the tri-states. So yeah. I mean, we definitely we're okay with that. Okay, so from Connecticut. And then so what made you want to make the move here to New York City? When did you do that? And where are you?
0: Yeah. So according to my parents, I don't know how much I can back this up, but they said when I was three years old, I told them that I wanted to go to college in New York, but they were gonna come with me because I was three. Um but, wow! So New York, New York was three. always like it was always just a matter of time of when could I get here? Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up, so my my grandparents are from here. They go back, I think, to 1650. I found out recently, wow. so which was pretty cool doing a Instagram about landmarks and then finding out that your tenth great grandfather has a house in New Amsterdam. Like it was kind of wow. mind blowing. But my grandparents growing up would always bring us into the city. My aunt lived on the Upper East Side. My parents' cousins lived on the Upper West Side. So up until like third grade, I was spending tons of weekends down here. And that kind of like firmly rooted my absolute love of this city. Yeah. So ever since I had a concept of what an apartment was, I'm like, I want one of those. So oh my God. in uh, in 2008, I came down to go to college at Fordham, up in the Bronx, and then have yeah. been here ever since. So that's coming on 14 years this fall, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was always the goal, and and now I'm here. So that's how I got here.
1: Amazing story. It's that's just. I mean, you grew up literally coming into the city. The fact that at three years old, you're already thinking college and you want an apartment in the city, that is officially a New Yorker, whether (laughs) born here or not. I mean, I would say that's almost native. Okay, so you made your way here 2008, went to Fordham, been here ever since. All right, where are you now? Where did you land upon then? Were you up in that area living on yep, the Upper yep. West so, Side, Uptown? And then where are you
0: now? So I was I was up in the Bronx for those four years. Um, okay. After I graduated, I moved down with one of my college roommates to the Upper East Side, and I was there for eight years. So I've jumped around a few apartments between like the Upper East Side and Yorkville, and then we moved to Park Slope, Brooklyn, back in the fall of the pandemic of the first year. I've been working from home for two years and the one bedroom wasn't cutting it. So I have two dogs down here with my wife and we needed a little bit more space. I needed a home office. Right. So we landed in Brooklyn and that's where we are now. That's
1: awesome. How are you liking Brooklyn love compared to, to Manhattan? You it, love it? Yeah.
0: It, it, I mean I, I will I'll be the first to admit that it took a lot for me to leave Manhattan. Like that was mm-hmm. always the goal. And yeah and moving out was it was it was an adjustment. And I honestly got the first night I, I slept here, I had a hard time falling asleep because of how quiet it was in comparison. Mm-hmm. But Mm -hmm. once you kind of get used to it, uh, you know, my old neighborhood, we used to live on 86 in Madison. And during the pandemic, I think the New York Times said 40% of that zip code just up and left. So it was just dead quiet. And Mm -hmm. we were looking for a place where people had kind of stayed a little bit. So it definitely has a little bit more of a neighborhoody vibe. Not that you can't get that in the Upper East Side, because I thought the Upper East Side was a great neighborhood, but it's definitely a lot more residential. A lot more people are it's a little less transient uh, than, say, the Upper East Side. A lot more families, things like that. So it's it's a it's a nice, nice break, just being a, you know, a few miles from Midtown. It's it's a nice, uh, nice place. Yeah.
1: You noted so many things that I have like been curious about. Okay, you noted Upper East Side. I was there when I first moved to New York City, and it was during the pandemic. So I'm thinking it was a really quiet neighborhood overall. I know you're saying it's more bustling than. Brooklyn and Park Slope, yep. but maybe it's because of the pandemic. So, was it louder prior to the pandemic? And
0: it, it was. I, I will say that. So, I lived on 85th and basically East End for I think like five and a half years or so. And I like to say that tourists would get lost well before they got to you at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I realized, oh, wait, I was supposed to go to the, the Met on the west side of the Upper East Side. So, mm-hmm. that was pretty quiet, but you still get a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the avenues have a ton of traffic, especially before the pandemic. So yeah, you hear the trucks rolling along. It was definitely a like light switch when the pandemic hit. Um, Mm -hmm. So it, it definitely quieted down a bit, but pre pandemic, it was very lively, you know, a lot of, a lot of younger people living on the Yorkville side of things. And, uh, it, it definitely changed in a in a very surreal way when that all went mm-hmm. down
1: and so you're saying parks up is a lot you know less traffic a little more a little less chamber. traffic
0: a little more low-key um okay maybe it's because the buildings are a bit shorter and you can kind of see a little bit more of the sky that makes people mm-hmm. a little more relaxed mm-hmm. but from my experience it's definitely been a little bit more laid back which is kind of nice you don't have as much i think through traffic really puts a lot of, uh, you know, puts a lot of noise out there. So just having something like, you know, Fifth Avenue or Madison Ave, like there's a lot of traffic going back and forth there. Whereas, you know, Brooklyn, you're kind of coming to Brooklyn to come to Brooklyn, not so much to get through it, to go somewhere else.
1: Exactly. Okay. Well, I love how you painted those pictures of Brooklyn and Manhattan and the Upper East Side. Okay. So you're in Brooklyn You've been in New York for, like you said, fourteen years. What has like your overall experience been? What do you like? What do you dislike about New York City? Oh boy, um, big question. A loaded right
0: question. It's, uh, <laughs> I think, I think I've had a, I'll call it a real experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, since I've had experience growing up, getting a sense of what the city was like when I was younger, you kind of get a lot of that early. You know, when you're in third grade, you want to go to Times Square. You want to hit up all the touristy attractions, and you kind of get that out of the way early. So you kind of realize what it's like as a place to live when you get here. Um, and I, I think, it, to be honest, it's been a love hate relationship. I mean, I, I absolutely love the city, but I'll be realistic: like, it's not an easy place to live. That's kind of what attracts people in, in a in a way to it. Is it? It's right. unlike anywhere else, right? So, you know. It's expensive. It's noisy. It can be dirty. Like, that's all true. But at the same time, like anybody you talk to said, what do you love about New York? Oh, it's, it's the, you know, the vibrancy of it. It's, it's just got that energy. Well, yeah, the energy is sort of the constant chaos that you're dealing with. So I think I've had some incredible times here. I've had low times here, but that's like anywhere you're going to live. And I think people kind of put the city on this massive pedestal and you don't realize that there is a day-to-day to it, right? Like you, you still have to exist. It's not going to be you're romantic the entire time. So you're going to have those ups and downs. You're going to have a rat run across your foot every once in a while. And, you know, you kind of accept that because that's what you, what you're here for, you know, in a weird
1: wow. way. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you said it perfectly. Like that, that was summed up so great in the sense of, you know, what real is realistic New York city. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I I want to know like how long did, well, I mean, you, you, Became a New Yorker at three years old because you were coming back and forth. So I'm not back. even gonna ask that question. My my friend so from
0: Queens I, is gonna debate me heavily on that, but I'll I'll take that up with him.
1: So so he's originally from Queens? Yeah, he's, and...
0: he's, an, he's an Astoria native. So he, he claims I'm an honorary New Yorker. I'll take that, but any native New Yorker is going to have their own definition. So
1: what's an honorary New Yorker? I haven't heard this one. I mean, I have, I'm, but not I'm not really.
0: entirely sure. I think he he kind of appreciates the fact that I can. I enjoy Italian food as much as he does, despite not being Italian and having Uh gone to Fordham in the Bronx, if you know the Bronx at all, that's where the the better of the two little Italys is in New York. Mm -hmm. So basically the campus food was not great and the food off campus was really good. So we basically were just going to Italian delis almost every day. Um, But yeah, I I don't really know. He, 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 he gave it to me. That's all I care about.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, I consider you a New Yorker for sure, but okay. So what do you think, Defined a new yorker like what makes new york different from any other place in the world and a new yorker
0: so i love the saying if you can make it here you can make it anywhere but why not try anywhere first um Mm -hmm. i think there's definitely a tenacity to it right you have to Mm -hmm. when you when the the glamour wears off it just becomes a grind and a hustle to a degree so you just need to be able to push through a lot of things, whether that's in your professional career, whether that's just dealing with, you know, I live in a slightly smaller and slightly darker apartment than I'd like to. Um, But understanding that, you know, there's a goal to it and doing what needs to be done to hit that goal. You're going to meet a lot of the most focused people you'll ever meet here. Uh, that's not to say that everybody has to have that insane hustle culture. And I kind of enjoy meeting people who don't because I like normalizing the idea of people who just want to live here because it's a nice, unique, walkable place. It's something that you can't really get in a lot of other spots in the United States, unfortunately. Very true. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a very rambling way of answering that question.
1: No no no, I think you answer them both together, right? Kind of establishing what makes New York different and also New Yorkers. Any any words, phrases that stand out that are associated to New Yorkers, New York?
0: I guess it's going to depend on if you're looking for the stereotypical answer
1: <laughs> or if you're looking
0: right. for like a real answer. I I know I other people have addressed this in in mm-hmm. you know, YouTube videos or TikToks or things like that where mm-hmm. You have the stereotype of the mean New Yorker. And then everybody who comes here is like, wait a minute. Like New Yorkers are actually some of the like most helpful, friendly people that I've met. Uh, I think I've heard somebody describe it as uh, nice, but not kind, kind, but not nice. Something like that. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have that rough exterior. You get that with a lot of the Northeast. But if you're looking at a subway map a little bit befuddled, you're going to have five New Yorkers who are willing to offer you potentially competing different directions to get where you're going. But you'll have people who are right. willing to do that. And the amount of times that I'm walking off the subway and I see you know somebody carrying a stroller and then just some random person is going to grab the front of that stroller for them and help them up the stairs. You know, it, it's it's kind of like when the going gets tough, New Yorkers get going and they while we will argue and fight each other till the cows come home, you know, when push comes to shove. New York has that unique ability to kind of band together
1: and help each other out. Yes. And I think we learned that during the pandemic, right? And so many other times, but thank you for noting those specific things. And so I'm curious to know, I mean, there has to be some only in New York moments or stories that have happened to you throughout your time. Anything that is good, bad, that stands out that you can share?
0: Yeah. Um, So we used to walk our dogs every night in Central Park. And Mm -hmm. the first night that we moved from Yorkville over to the actual like east side of the Upper East Side, I'm taking them in by the uh, 85th Street entrance. And there's like a little fenced off section with some bushes on the left side of us. And as I'm walking in with the dogs, they start going nuts. And I look over and there's a raccoon, a very fat raccoon, just sitting there staring at us, eating an everything bagel. And I'm just like, Nobody's going to believe me when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So
1: and and like
0: on various nights, we would still see that fat raccoon. I've seen him. I saw him with bagels. I saw him with Chinese takeout containers, literally anything. And just not caring at all that I have two dogs like three feet away from him. He he could not mm -hmm. have been more unfazed by it. But I feel like that is only in New York are you going to see that.
1: No, for sure. And I think I learned that my first year, the animals in New York rule, right? <laughs> like they don't give a damn for your space. It's no. their space because exactly. they've been here longer. And wait, what time did you see this raccoon? Like, was it daylight? Was it nighttime? Uh, just usually curious.
0: like either dusk or nighttime, but we would see okay. the same one, maybe four nights a week. So he became a very uh, common fixture on our nightly walks.
1: Hilarious. I love that. That is an Oni in New York story for sure. Okay. And so this is a, a podcast, not only for, you know, New Yorkers, but also for those looking to become one to move here. Like what advice would you give to someone who is looking to move to New York? Uh, if it's, you just landed here, you know, what would you say? What, what would you?
0: Yeah. So obviously housing is different here than it is almost anywhere else especially if you think we're one of the few cities that brokers charge the tenant a fee as opposed to the landlord paying for it. That could be a whole nother podcast on that. So I think the, one of the best pieces of advice I got when looking for a place to live in New York is that pick three things that you want and you're only going to get two of them and just accept that fact. There's going to be one thing that you aren't going to get and you just have to pick the least worst option. I mean, when we moved to this apartment, as an example, we absolutely love it. We're in a brownstone in Brooklyn. We have a two-bedroom apartment. Uh, we got plenty of space. It's in a great neighborhood. We're on the ground floor, so we get very little natural light. And that was kind of our compromise. Like, you know, everything else is pretty good, but it's going to be a little dark in here. So as soon as you can learn that you're not going to get exactly what you want, that's going to open up a lot more options for you and try to, yep. you know, make things a little easier. It's one of the most stressful things I think in life is trying to find an apartment here, especially now. I'm very grateful that looking back at it, I, I'm grateful in the t- moment I wasn't that we never got a COVID deal because when we moved, it was at low points in COVID. So they never wanted to cut a break because they said, oh no, the city's coming back. So we're like, oh, man, but at least we now have since we never had that dip, we're not dealing with, you know, these crazy rent increases that people are talking about moving in different apartments. So I think oh figure gosh. out housing, once you can figure that out, the rest will fall into place, but that's going to be the biggest sort of jolt to your system when you get here.
1: hundred percent housing is a whirlwind here in New York city. And like you said, like just from the whole broker structure that, you know, you, you don't have to pay fees. Landlords do pick them up sometimes. But yeah. aside from that, then there's like, what's the right apartment? How many do you have to see before finding the right one? And then, like you said, sacrificing one or two things. And the upside to your apartment though is like there's it's not a walk-up, right? So it's like in and yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. But yeah.
0: We we but have a dog way... with uh, with basically cerebral palsy for dogs. So having minimal stairs is very helpful for us.
1: Very helpful, very helpful. Okay, and so this is one of the last questions i like to ask, and okay. I should have warned you about this with, with regards to your New York story, but like, you know, if you were to sum up New York City in, into your own personal quote or either a quote that lives out there, and I know you already referenced one earlier, okay. is there something that you can particularly say with regards to New York City?
0: That is a good question. Um, what can you say that, somebody else hasn't said much better than you already before so I mean I'll just say it's it's home warts and all it is it is home like I love this city for what it is uh sometimes in spite of what it is but it's you know it's always here
1: never going anywhere Not. No, I was going to knock on one, yeah. but no was just giving it up that, uh, that, Okay, perfectly ended there, Tommy. Okay, so we're going to move into our second segment here where we're going to discuss um, landmarks of New York City. And like we opened up earlier, there's so many landmarks in New York City There's many directions we can take this, and I I didn't pre-prep with you on what direction we're taking it, so this is a surprise for myself and the listeners. So let's start with, you know, what is your background, Tommy? Like, just career-wise, education-wise, and then what, from that, led to your creation of Landmarks in New York City? Gossip Nista here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to hop in here to ask that if you haven't yet, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. This will help me reach more people and spread the word about New York City and those who love it. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow at Gossip Nista Podcast on Instagram. Now, back to the show.
0: So like I said, I went to Fordham University. I majored in history there. Uh, That was the same university my grandfather went, majoring in the same thing. That's a big theme with a lot of what I will end up talking about is how much of an impact that he had on me for that. Uh, Landmarks of New York almost started in spite of my career rather than because. uh, So I went from history to somehow landing in financial software and basically been In that world for the past 10 years or so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, I started Landmarks of New York almost almost exactly three years ago, uh, St. Patrick's Day 2019. And at the time, I was working for a company that had, let's call it a, a not so great work environment. And I'm one of those people who have a very hard time compartmentalizing stress from work and keeping that from bleeding into my home life. So, I was kind of looking. For something to occupy my time outside of work, and before it had gotten to that point, I had you know one of my favorite things to do if I had a you know a nice night walking, getting out of work is I'd walk from my office in Midtown to my apartment on the Upper East Side, and I just tried to take different routes every time I would go that way. And every once in a while, you'd walk past a building that has a plaque on it, and like, oh, this building was landmarked in 1969 because you know so and so lived here, or something like that. So, I always thought that was kind of interesting. I'm like, oh, I bet there's a place that has like a central repository of all this information. And almost jokingly, I was having a conversation one night at dinner with my wife's uncle, who's from Washington, DC. And and we were talking a little bit about history. And he's like, oh, New York doesn't have any history. Like,
1: uh, Uh you want to see
0: history? You come to DC. And I just like kind of short circuited. I'm like, I'll show him. And before I started the account, I actually. Wanted to see there's an if you have to, if you want to be a tour guide in New York, you need to pass a city exam to get that license. So I was like, you know what? I just want to see if I can do it. So I, I went, I took the test, I passed it, and I figured, you know, maybe I'll be able to start showing people around the city. And fast forward to March of 2019 when I'm, you know, tra- dealing with this kind of crappy job. I borrowed my sister's camera and I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to find these buildings and I'm going to see if I can maybe build a captive audience and and then offer tours at some point. And like I said, I I looked for if there was a place where I could find all this information and the city had digitized every single one of them. So there's a map of New York and anybody can access it. If you look up the Landmarks Preservation Commission, they have the map of New York. It's literally a map that has dots that will show you every single landmark building. And there's something like 36,000 of them in the city. So Mm -hmm. plenty of material to work with. And each one of them has the designation report that the commission put together for why it was landmarked. And based on that, and some of the books that i had gotten to study for the tour guide exam, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to do a picture a day of different buildings throughout New York. And I love this. Let's see if anybody else loves it. And, you know, it was a little slow going at the beginning, but people seem to engage with it. And then it's just been a nice sort of steady rise from there. And uh, that's kind of where we're at right now.
1: Uh, Yeah. And so you said so much in one, uh, you know, whole sentence there, um, paragraph. But uh, so you started it three years ago. And yeah, it was because you needed something more other than your nine to five to kind of stimulate you your creativity. Little, right. Feeling, um, mommy. but did you get that um true guy certificate prior to 2019? And, and what was the inclination for that? And you know, what is that like? That that's so interesting. And just the fact that your yeah. grandfather is in history, you're in history, this was always like always meant for you in a way.
0: Yeah, it uh I remember. Bringing my grandparents who didn't live in New York uh, down to visit me in my first apartment. And I, they had only been down to New York a handful of times. So I, I took them on a tour around the entire city. I just showed them everything that I liked. And they absolutely loved it. They were down with my aunt and uncle. They absolutely loved it and didn't really think too much of it for a couple of years. And then was, you know, had found out that there was a license for it and honestly was a little bit bored with uh, sort of things outside of work. So I'm like, why don't I just give it a shot? And the funny thing is I I had the license for maybe, God, I think I got it like the summer of 2018 and really didn't do anything with it for at all until, and then the pandemic hit. So I was like, I was that nothing really came of it I just really wanted to see if I could do it and I I emailed a few places I'm like hey if you want somebody like just on this you know for a few few days a week who can give a tour like after working hours or on the weekend I'll do it but never never heard anything back from that so uh, I said at some point I will get to making my own website and and trying to get my own tours and but you know life gets in the way and you just just kind of went to the wayside until I ended up starting
1: the account. Okay. The so let's talk about we we're talking about landmarks of New York. And for those that may not know, let's define landmarks of New York and and specifically where it lives and then what they can expect on that page.
0: Yeah. So landmarks, it's the handle is Landmarks of NY. Mm-hmm. Uh, I somehow was able to snag that after Humans of NY. So that was pretty mm-hmm. much that honestly might have helped some of the growth. That's amazing. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's land at Landmarks of NY on. Instagram, TikTok. It, I, I have the Twitter handle. It's not very active on there, but it's primarily on on Instagram and TikTok right now.
1: And then you post photos of those landmarks, and you kind of guide people through what information.
0: Yeah. So I've almost every day for three years, with a few teeny breaks. I've posted a picture of something that has been designated by the city as. A landmark. And I think it might help to sort of talk a little bit about that too. Because when you think of a landmark, you might think of like the Empire Staple and you might think of Times Square. Yeah. What actually makes a landmark? So the whole reason why these exist goes back to the, the 60s. So if you've ever been to the current Penn Station, it's kind of terrible. And before we had the current incarnation of Penn Station with Madison Square Garden on top of it, we had this station that looked like Grand Central on steroids. Oh. It was this absolutely stunning Bozar. It looked like something out of Europe, just plopped in the middle of Manhattan. And it was one of the most beautiful train stations. I'd encourage anybody if you hadn't heard of this to Google it and you're just gonna be very surprised by what they do. Wait, what are they on. Googling? So they're just Google old Penn okay. Station. And they'll see what this mm-hmm. basically, it, it looked like a monument. The thing was absolutely okay. stunning. But with, um, you know, in the sixties, you have the opening of the interstate highway system, rail travel kind of fell off. So the company that owned Penn station decided they were going to sell off the air rights, tear it down so that they could stay solvent. So they ended up tearing this thing down and the city had a collective like, Oh my God moment. What have we just done? And only a few years later, they attempted to do the same thing with Grand Central, and that's when you had people like Jackie Onassis Kennedy came to the rescue of Grand Central and through a series of like lawsuits, the, the city established something known as the Landmarks Preservation Commission. So they have the power to give buildings landmark status to prevent them from being torn down. so that's a very long-winded wow, explanation, love but it. because of that, they've created this listing of, like I said, 36,000 buildings. You have individual buildings like the Empire State Building, like Grand Central, that they stand on their own. They're historically significant, the is significant, like that's why they're landmark. But then you also have things like the West Village and Greenwich Village. They're landmark districts. And these will just, if you put the sort of all the buildings together as a whole, they give you this sort of view into the past, so to speak. So going back to the original question, I've taken that list and just gone around the five boroughs and every day I'll take a picture of one of those and then give some historical context. When was it built? Who lived there? Why, why does it matter? And I found it a really interesting way to connect with the city that you, you don't really have. Like You can read about people in a history book, but you can touch the building they lived in. So being able to find those stories, and, and there's so many where you just uncover something that you had no idea about. I think a good example is there's a, I always mispronounce this. It's, uh, I think it's Kos, KOS. It's a clothing store. It's like a Swedish, I think it's an H and M sister brand. So they have a flagship store on spring Mm -hmm. street in the base. And it's, and it's a fairly old building. I think it's 1819 or something like that. But in the basement, there's a, there's a well, like just an eight foot tall brick well, just surrounded by the sail rack. And in Mm -hmm. that well, A girl was murdered in the 1700s, dumped in the well. And that trial surrounding that murder was the first murder trial in United States history under the Constitution. The defense attorneys for that trial were Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. And literally, I just walked past this building, took a picture of it, went home, started researching the building. It was like, oh, my God, like I had no idea that that was the case. And if I don't have any idea, then maybe other people have an idea. And it's sharing stories like that with people that makes it so much fun. If I can get a native New Yorker to say I had no idea about that about my city, like that's a really good day.
1: I'm sure you've gotten hundreds and thousands of those. Okay, <laughs> and um, I'm not a native, but I do not know this, and I, I often find myself walking and seeing those plaques that you mentioned to kind of mm-hmm. you know wonder. What's the story behind that? Like like this is exciting. you see them so often and, and they're so beautiful most of these landmarks it's like yeah. you have the page that offers all the resources on this and that like murder story like sad to hear, but it's definitely history, it's definitely a landmark so
0: and, it, and it's something that New York you have to work a little harder for mm-hmm. so New York is older than Boston and Philadelphia, which not a lot of people really put that together. Cause again, we've built over ourselves, you know, four times over at this point. Uh, but Boston and Philadelphia have history that just, you, you know, basically, you know, grabs you and smacks you in the face. It's everywhere. So you have to kind of peel back a lot of these layers in New York and that kind of makes it fun because you have to work just a little extra hard to find those, those little nuggets, as opposed to, you know, walking around the North end of Boston, which everything's from, you know, the, 18th century
1: mm-hmm. and 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 thank you for giving us that history and that background and so with us talking landmarks and like you noted that you know people often think the empire state building statue of liberty and so forth but there's so many other buildings in new york city like over 36,000, right 37,000 um yeah. documented and those are not even specifically the national historic ones right like um
0: correct yeah well So these are specific to just the city. Some of them have overlap Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the National Mm -hmm. Register of Historic Places, uh, but 36,000 specific that New York City has deemed worthy of preservation in some capacity. Mm
1: -hmm. So I want to know from you who is the landmarks of a NY expert, like what are the, you know, your most top three landmarks that you want to note to individuals and then we'll dive into like underrated and overrated ones
0: sure so I'll break this into landmarks that people who have never been here mm-hmm. before should see what a na- what somebody who's lived here for a while should see and then what a native New Yorker this. should okay. see so my favorite sort of mainstream mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to call it that landmark is Grand Central Terminal okay. it's how I got to the city as a child kind of taking Metro North down, but you walk through there and you just feel like you're a king yep. walking in this city. And it's just spectacular. It was built as a private building. Mm-hmm. It's well-maintained and it, you know, if you tell anybody who's lived in New York for more than a few minutes, meet me at the clock, they know to meet you at the four phase clock in the center of grand central. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it stands up. It's not, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that as overrated. Gorgeous. Uh if you've if you've lived here for a little while and you kind of want to get a little bit more history, then I would say St. Paul's Chapel, which is on Broadway, down in the Wall Street-ish area. It's a little little further up from there. St. Paul's Chapel is the oldest building left in Manhattan. It's uh, it was built in 1766, it survived. Three tremendous fires. It survived the occupation by the British during the Revolutionary War. It's where George Washington came when he was president of the United States, when New York was the first capital. So it still has his presidential pew inside there. And it survived the the 9-11 attacks. It's not very far at all from the World Trade Center. So it, it gives you a much better insight to what the original old New York looked like. And then the one that's my my personal favorite overall yeah. absolute favorite landmark because of this personal connection is called the little red lighthouse and it is literally at the base of the George Washington bridge on the manhattan side of the bridge and it's a 40 foot tall red lighthouse i mean it's called the red lighthouse for yeah. a reason and this had one of the best stories that i've ever Researched about it. So growing up, I had a children's book called The Little Red Lighthouse. They wrote it in Uh the 40s. And it was basically about how this little lighthouse who he was his entire responsibility was to keep the river flowing and making sure ships didn't crash. And then all of a sudden, this massive new bridge gets built next to him. And basically, he feels obsolete. The moral of the story is that everybody serves a purpose and the bridge, while it has a light, was for aircraft and they still needed the lighthouse for these ships. So that book became so popular that in the 1950s, they were planning on tearing down this lighthouse and there was such an uproar from the children of New York who wrote letters, who offered to buy this lighthouse Uh because of this message of this book saying, it doesn't matter how little you are, you can still make a difference. Uh And it literally saved this thing. And it's very hard to get to. And it's very hard to see. Like if you're driving on the West Side Highway, it's almost impossible to see. But my grandfather was the one who got me that book growing up. And he grew up in Washington Heights, not too far from the lighthouse. And every night he and my great grandfather Take a walk with each other down to the banks of the Hudson and stand by the Little Red Lighthouse, and then they walk back up before he had to go to bed. So that connection, every time I see that, instantly connects me with uh, with my grandfather. That is amazing, and yeah, so many workers don't know it's there, which is my favorite. Part.
1: Okay, um, I've heard of it, but I didn't specifically know where it's at. Tell us again where where it's at.
0: Let's see. I don't know the exact street. No, is it like biking? Um-
1: I heard in the beginning in downtown, like Wall Street, or is it uptown near Washington so, Heights? So, all
0: okay. the way up, it is, it is in Washington Heights, it is uh maybe 30 feet from the base of the George Washington okay. Bridge. Perfect. So, if you, you probably the easiest way to get there is if you go along the, the Hudson mm-hmm. River Greenway that goes all the way up easiest way is hop on a bike and just keep going. And you'll, you'll eventually bump into it. Yeah.
1: That's such an awesome story and connection with your grandfather and the book and the children and just its purpose, right? Everything serves a purpose. So beautifully said there. I love those three recommendations that you gave. Now I want to ask, like, what do you think is the most overrated landmark in New York city? And then what is the most underrated? We could have said the little red light, but I'm sure there's more.
0: Yeah, let's see. So overrated is tricky in the in the sense of how I cover landmarks. Because it is a building, there's going to be some reason that it's significant. So I think like your, your typical answer would be something like, oh, you know, Times Square is overrated, or, you know, maybe the Empire State Building's observation deck isn't as great. But you know, if you're just coming to New York, as much as I hate Times Square, and I hate it, like, you gotta, you gotta check it out. Like it's it's part of the fabric of the city. And and the Empire State Building's phenomenal in in its history and, and what it's done for the city. So uh yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a very bad non-answer there. Okay. They're, they're all they're all yes, my children. Yes, in a way. And then so and then
1: mm-hmm.
0: in, yeah, in terms of underrated, quite I think quite a few. Because again, if you have 36,000 buildings, there's a lot that people don't know about. And there, I find when you get to the outer boroughs and you start looking for some of the buildings out there, you get much bigger appreciation. Uh, a lot of them survived longer, so there are examples of, of houses that stretch back to Dutch colonization before the British even got here, from the 1600s in Brooklyn. Um, I think I'll go with... This is going to be very unpopular to some people, uh, just given the place's reputation. But I think Staten Island, specifically, there's a a place called the Conference House. It is as far south as you can go in Staten Island. Really, you're looking at New Jersey just a few Mm. feet away. And it's an old stone house from, I want to say the 1600s. I could be wrong about that. There was a peace negotiation that happened there between John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, and the British during the Revolutionary War. And it just overlooks this beautiful sort of vista onto you know, the lower New York Harbor. Um, and it's something that you would never think to, I'm, if anybody from Staten Island is listening to this, I apologize, but it's something that if you're just, you know, fresh in New York, it's not something you're thinking about going all the way down to sea. So I'll use that as a metaphor for all of these other outer borough sites that you can possibly check out to, to expand your horizons a little bit because the the history is is strong outside of just Manhattan. I
1: love that you said that. And I love that, you know, that you gave, I'm going to say this, the most underrated borough, right? Some love in the sense. Oh, that... I, I, I,
0: yeah. We'll, we'll be careful.
1: No, no. One, but... I, I said it. And you know what? I actually recently went to Staten Island um, I for the first time. And you, I'm going to say that there's not a lot of New Yorkers who have or will go to Staten Island, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's a complicated place. Let's let's call it that. It's, it's very different from the rest of the the other four boroughs. But very, and, um, and it's it, it has it has its charms.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, the Staten Island Ferry, the ride over, the outlets. I mean, it's just not easy to navigate as it is. In no, the and it's not yeah, easy to yeah, get and it's, to. it's just a lot it of makes
0: it a little more. Mm-hmm. Unique in that but sense, I love that you but, gave a
1: location for individuals to check out, and uh, that's perfectly yeah. said there, so thank you for sharing that. I want to know you know with regards to landmarks of NY and just your whole journey, is there any standout stories um, that have came your way or that you've come across throughout um, your journey with this account?
0: Yeah, um, the coolest well, one of the coolest things has happened so far is. I saw a lot of growth during the pandemic. A lot of people reached out to me saying that when they were quarantined and they didn't really have anything to do, they loved just finding one of the pictures that I took and they would go and find that particular building. So I got a message one day from the Swedish consulate in New York asking, hey, the, the consul general of Sweden follows your account, yeah. really likes it. We own a landmark mansion on Park Avenue, would you like to come visit? And my answer was absolutely yeah. I do. So I was able to go with my wife last May to this beautiful straight up mansion on Park Avenue and got to spend 90 minutes having breakfast with the Consul General of Sweden, talking about New York City history, talking about Sweden and just life during the pandemic. And I, would, I had no idea that something like this of just me going out and taking a few pictures would end up with me having coffee with a diplomat like that. Just still blows my mind, and she was incredibly gracious with her time. So we really appreciated wow. that. But that was that was surreal in in every sense. I
1: got goosebumps goosebumps all around there, Tommy. <laughs> so that is awesome. I mean, of course, that's bound to happen. I mean, everyone loves landmarks, right? And unlike your uncle, who said. There's not a lot of historic landmarks here. There is. It, New York is actually number one with regards to national historic landmarks in the U.S. compared yep. to Washington, D.C. Uh, next is followed by, do you know the next state? I'm curious.
0: Uh I, could, I, I, think it's very, very I think it's
1: Massachusetts. I think it's Massachusetts and then it's Pennsylvania. I did a little research okay. prior to uh, connecting with you just because um
0: hey, you got me on no that. no no
1: it's okay. Um but um I want to hear more about the tours that you offer for individuals and then what the future of landmarks of NY looks like.
0: Yeah. So I launched a lower Manhattan walking tour, which is the primary one I do. I'm working on Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I don't know when this goes out, but I'm working on a Greenwich Village West Village walking tour too. But the the one in Lower Manhattan was always sort of I knew that was going to be the first one that I did because it is the oldest part of the city from a European settlement perspective, um, and it basically just walks through literally the beginning of where you know humans began using Manhattan. You know, we started in Bowling Green, which Before Europeans got here was a, you know, a trading destination for the Native Americans because of how convenient it was to, you know, for the Hudson River for using the harbor for trade. And literally lower Manhattan for thousands of years has been used for commerce. So if you walk around down there, there's a bunch of there. So there's no buildings left from the original Dutch settlement. But there are a few traces left that they have. So one of them is you can still see the remains of the first city hall. The foundation is under some glass in a, uh, under Goldman Sachs's old headquarters okay. on Pearl Street. So we'll go through and look at stuff like that. We'll look at a few of the buildings left from the revolution. And then the street system from Wall Street down to Pearl Street is the same street system that was laid out in New Amsterdam. The streets themselves are landmarked. So you're not gonna be able to change the direction or the or any part of those streets. So if you dropped a Dutch guy from 1626, you know in Lower Manhattan after a little bit of orientation, they would still be able to follow their old sort of path. Wow. So finding that as old history as we can get that's still visible. Um, that's kind of the point of the tour. So it starts in Bowling Green. We kind of weave our ways until the the last sort of landmark we hit, which is uh, called the African Burial Ground. So that's a national park run um, site, and it was discovered in or rediscovered in 1993. They were building a federal office building down there. They found human remains and realized that they actually had rediscovered a six-acre burial plot, which was used in the 16 and 1700s for a combination of both freed and enslaved Africans. And they estimate that 15,000 bodies are in that site, and they were able to recover. 400, four hundred I, I forget the exact number, but over 400 intact remains, which they then reinterred in hand-carved coffins and have a very tasteful memorial down there, right. which that is one that so few people, I mean that honestly should have been my underrated landmark, but so few people know that exists. So I like to end on that point because it's a part of New York's history that when you're growing up, you're taught, you know, hey, you live in a northern state anti-slavery but New York unfortunately had a lot to do with slavery so it's important to realize you know some of the the underbelly of you know the the dark side of, of New York's history too but it, it I I just try to paint a fair picture okay. as I can of what what was life like over almost basically 400 years at this point of New York as we know it so
1: I'm so intrigued but what you just noted, you know, sad to hear about that, but also it's great information to kind of know it it is a landmark. And I love the tour that you just like painted the picture of and and definitely want to do it myself. So where is, do you foresee the future of landmarks of NY going and where can individuals connect with you if they're looking to learn more about this tour, Tommy?
0: Sure. Um, So where it's going is an excellent question that, I don't have an answer to, I'm going to do this as long as I can um, and just kind of see where it mm-hmm. takes me. Um, I, I think the, the nice thing about it right now is I, I do it because I genuinely yeah. love it, not because I need it to survive. So it's, it's really nice connecting with people who I've met through social media, who I've met on the tours, who share that kind of same passion about new york city and its history so if you want a tour uh you can go to landmarks of ny.com. i have tour dates and, and tickets up there uh you can also just reach out to me on instagram landmarks of ny shoot me a message uh i have set dates for some of the tours but if people are interested in private tours they can just reach out to me and we we set up uh set up times for that too
1: amazing well I can definitely see your passion in this, Tommy. I, I love learning all these history bits from you. I love how your history comes from a rich history right from your grandfather to New York City and everything so it's been such a pleasure connecting with you I want to dive into our really quick third segment where um okay. i want to ask a speed round of questions and I just say the first thing that comes to mind I want to keep this under a minute or two so we'll, we'll okay. make it pretty quickly and um first question favorite New York borough Ooh, Manhattan favorite New York neighborhood Brooklyn Heights favorite New York food or restaurant
0: uh, food, bagels, uh, restaurant, uh, Patricia's in Morris Park, which is even more of an obscure little Italy in the Bronx. Ooh, I
1: love that. Okay. Favorite season in New York City.
0: Not even season. A, f- a June night at Yankee Stadium Ooh. is my favorite time to be in New York. That is
1: so specific. I'm in love with that. Okay. Favorite New York tourist destination? Oh,
0: shoot. Uh, Wall Street.
1: Ooh, okay. Favorite non-tourist destination?
0: Uh, Pick a spot. Park Slope. Mm.
1: Okay. Park Slope is amazing. I love it. Favorite holiday in the city?
0: Oh, Christmas. Hands mm-hmm.
1: out. Um, favorite New York movie or television show?
0: There is a very obscure movie called Koch about the mayor of New York named Ed Koch in the 70s and 80s, and it gives you a really good idea of what the city was facing back then.
1: Favorite New York park?
0: Carl Schurz.
1: One word to describe New York City? Busy. One tip on how to live your best life in New York City?
0: Try to think of a way that you can contribute to the city. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how. But think of a way that you can try to make this place slightly better than when you came here.
1: Oh, mic drop there. You were amazing, Tommy. Thank you so much for opening the season of the Gothamista podcast. It's been great getting to know you, Landmarks of NY, and I hope to see you on one of the tours. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. So, Tommy, I have this quick little game, given you're the landmarks of NY expert, And um, the first question being is, do you know um, how many national landmarks there is in New York State, about an average? Like
0: 250.
1: Yeah, you're pretty close. I think it's 260. Yeah. So that's awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you know um, how many um, na- New York City national landmarks there is? 85. 116.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was off of that one.
1: It's okay. Um, And do you uh, know which borough has the most landmarks in New York City?
0: I got to go Manhattan with that.
1: I think that is accurate. Yes, yes, yes. Last one is what is the first place that the Landmarks Preservation Commission, um, you know, established in Manhattan? Damn,
0: you're going to get me on this one. (laughs) Uh, Is it Grand Central?
1: According to my research, it's the old merchant's house, but I could be wrong. And you you could let me know if I am.
0: I, I, I genuinely don't know. Do you know where that one is?
1: October 14th, 1965 is when okay. it was, um, you know, established uh, a, a preservation landmark. And um, it's over in uh, 29. Fourth Street in downtown, um, lower Manhattan. And it was built in 1832. I did some testing on the same portal of the New thing where it gives you yes. all these things. And that was one of the questions. I was like, this is a good one. I'm gonna ask Tommy. <laughs> so see.
0: interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'll I'll double check that one. No, 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 that's cool.
1: But do you have you done those testing things that they have on the new
0: No, I haven't. I'll have to check that out the amount of times that somebody, if I get something wrong on a on a post, the amount of people who will immediately like jump in, but very politely, yeah. correct me? Like I love it because I can't possibly get everything right. Oh my and gosh. I don't think anybody should pretend to try to get everything right. So no, I, I love, I love, I do not care if I'm wrong. I love it in a way when somebody else can show and share something with me. Cause uh, why it's not as fun if it's just a one way kind of thing
1: thanks for tuning in to gossip vista your support means the world if you've enjoyed what you've heard please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends can't wait till next week's episode follow along on instagram at gossip to get my latest new york happenings but if you live in breathe new york city like i do and want even more Go to our website at gossipnista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossipnista.